Good afternoon. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker with Bakes Takes. Welcome to the show. It's Saturday, October 16th. Hope you had a great week. Let's get right into it, folks. Why I do this? My sons, Bobby and Jack. They're uh, 24, 23 now, but when they were in college uh, undergraduate business programs, they'd fire uh, questions at me and their friends would join in. And I really like coaching young people. They know that I went through the 87 crash. I've been in uh, mutual funds, hedge funds, institutional firms, kind of done everything, know where the bodies are buried, uh, became very ensconced in technical analysis to, uh, to at least prioritize where I do my fundamental work. So I read charts, I think, very, very well. I think you'll find that out, especially in this episode. And I go technicals first and fundamentals second. It just uh, works for me. And uh, you tell me if it works for you. I read the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, The Economist, um, all kinds of newsletters. I listen to podcasts. I monitor my Google alerts. And I point you to those. I always give attribution. But uh, know that if you don't want to do that, I'm doing that work work for you, especially for your own stocks and ETFs, which I'm doing more and more with, especially in this episode. I eat home cooking. I have no conflicts. All I do is talk about what I'm interested in and what I'm investing in. And uh, you tell me what your pain points are, problems I should solve, topics I should cover. I really appreciate it. Um, if you want to reach out to me uh, and, and leave your birthday, I'll sing happy birthday to you. It'll give you a great chance to, uh, to chat. I'm at 610-331-4283. Uh, tell me uh, how I can improve the show, guests I should reach out to, etc. I really appreciate that. Uh, this is not investment advice. Here's my disclaimer. Uh, please conduct and share your own due diligence. And uh, fan mail from uh, one of my favorites is my son, Jack. And uh, Mike, can you play that for me? Hey, Dad. Appreciate your help with everything, um, especially your commentary on SoFi. Uh, my next question for you is with the recent Biden announcement on October 13th that the Port of Los Angeles and Long Beach in California will operate uh, 24-7 to clear supply chain disruptions that threaten the holiday shopping season. I imagine there are other supply chain players who might be attractive investments in the short term. What are your thoughts on UPS, who I saw Stiefel Analyst just upgraded to a buy rating, as well as FedEx, DHL Supply Chain, and other competitors to UPS um, as investments? Thanks. And I've, I've, I've admitted this before, it's just a great excuse to talk to my sons. And so it just warms my heart, and I really appreciate that. Uh, Jack and everybody else, uh, Biden, he's trying to play Santa. You know, he's a politician, and uh, this is a, this is a real issue between the Suez Canal, the 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 uh, the the China shutdowns, where their power has shut down many uh, factories. Vietnam shut down many because of COVID, and it's just this confluence of events that leads to all these these you know fifty sixty ships off of Long Beach that are that are waiting in queue and they they are not uh, uh, coming to port because there are no truck drivers to take the the goods to the Walmarts and the Costcos of the world. Now the Walmarts and the Costcos are going to do the best out of all of this, but it's going to be really lean on the shelves for Christmas. And you know, so he's saying, "Well, I'm doing everything I can by going 24/7." Why the president is, is involved with the Long Beach Port Authority, I think, is ridiculous. But you know my thoughts on politician, especially lifetime ones, and I'm not uh, dazzled by uh, anybody after uh, uh, Lincoln and Churchill. So I'm not dazzled by by Biden uh, either. Now uh, this is, it, it, but it dovetails really well because I've been I've been wanted to talk about FedEx 
that you mentioned uh, for a long time. And the reason being is for whatever reason, it's a, a CNBC topic of conversation. And this last earnings report was an absolute disaster. I mean, they missed on everything and the stock just, just got crushed. And so please take a look at this chart. And if you're listening to me uh, uh, audibly, go to the, the YouTube channel so you can see this. But this is really good stuff. I talk about my cell discipline all the time and, and you know, all the historical uh, precedence that it has for working. And here's another one. So here's FedEx. You look at this first arrow here uh, on the left. This is when the, the, the stock closes below the 200-day moving average. The stock's at 276. So I would sell a third to a half uh, at that point in time. Notice what I said. I'm not going to call. I'm not going to do a survey. I'm not going to call my broker. I'm not going to check with IR. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to sell the stock. And um, the next time is when the 200 days starts moving down. That's at 266. So you had all kinds of time to get out at 271 doing minutes of work, like I just described. So why do you do that? Well, after this earnings report, the stock hit 228, down 16%. And it was an air pocket. You couldn't sell anything at, at, at higher prices at that point in time. And I just want to stress that the sell discipline works. And and uh, for all of you, do me a favor and reach out to one person that you think would benefit from this. Be a referral and and um, uh, add a subscriber, please. Because the Wall Street talks about buying stocks all the time, knowing what you own, Peter Lynch. And what we do is is get you out of harm's way. And I'm uh, my cell discipline works. I just can't pound it home enough. And here's just another example in in uh, in sharp contrast to what others are doing. Now the CNBC pundits will say, "Well, it's a ten times earnings, and it plays into e-commerce." I don't care. This is dead money. And I wrote down on my notes here, why would you own this? I know why CNBC people own it. It's because they hug indices. It's part of the S&P 500. They, they uh, uh, get paid to, to lose less than the, when the market goes down. And I don't think that should be your game. For, you, for all of you with, with Robinhood, Webull, Fidelity accounts, whatever, I want you to make money every single year. And I know that sounds audacious or it sounds benign and, and, and easy because you most of you have only seen up for the last 11 years. I'm telling you, stocks go down and they go down way faster than, than they go up. So that's a long-winded answer to say that the logistics problem is, is, is not an opportunity. I think the, that uh, earnings misses of this magnitude are sort of like cockroaches. There's always another one. And the chances that the, that the fourth quarter, that all of this is going to be solved and they're going to be running like a Swiss watch, I think is about zero. You're, my reference to the big short for you, Jack. And so what do you if you own FedEx, uh, I, I would, you know, 234 to 250 is about the best you can hope for on dead count bounces. So it is just dead money. I would avoid this like the plague, and I hope I'm not being vague. Next, UPS. UPS looks better, but their last report gap down 
uh, caused a ripple effect in FedEx. So when you gap down on earnings, that isn't good news. You know, you said something that the street doesn't like. And uh, I think you have a dead cat here, maybe to 200 or so from 193 where we are right now. So so I, I, I don't think it's going to do much. Uh, I doubt it breaks above that. I think that all the issues that we've talked about, labor shortages, uh, 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 goods being stuck on ships, and we're simply running out of time going into Christmas. So uh, I hate being Grinch, but I, you know, I, I, I know what I see, and I don't think that, that uh, uh, FedEx or UPS are places to invest right now. I wouldn't short them either because I think they've kind of become obvious, but I, uh, I don't want to be here. Now, let's talk about SoFi, um, uh, SOFI. Now, the reason, this is last week's chart, and I, and I keep my feet to the fire here. You know, I said 1858, that's the line that I drew here. Watch for big volume, and a close above that is going to be very promising. Put it in your Google alerts like I do. The stock was at 1641. Fast forward to this week. Oh, and I, let me go back into this. I uh, sorry, go up to the uh, the the thesis. Yeah, we 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 discussed the fundamental thesis, which I agree with you, Jack. Uh, student loans, big opportunity. Uh, I have not read the Morgan Stanley piece in detail. I will, and we'll talk about that either on the show or or, or, or offline. Uh, but re, student loans had to be started being paid back in January. So that's that's and oh by the way, that's real money coming out of people's pockets. Uh, and 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 out of uh, the economy right after uh, uh, you know Christmas is probably uh, disappointing. So, um, but you have 1.7 trillion dollars in debt that that probably has a seven percent coupon on it. You get that into the fours. There's an incentive for all of us uh, to take our student uh, debt down. And I think it's going to be an opportunity for SoFi to bring in a lot of customers. I think that higher interest rates are good for them. Their net interest margin will, will, will expand. The cross-selling opportunities are going to be numerous. Uh, the people that run this, Noto, the, the CEO, gets very high marks. Uh, Chamath, uh, who, who spac this or despac this, uh, uh, I, I really I think he's got a good eye for businesses. And I, I do, like you, like the business. I think competing with Robinhood's probably going to be fun, given given uh, meme stock being dead. Yes, I said it again. Uh, and I think that, that crypto is an opportunity. And I think that eventually J.P. Morgan or someone of that ilk could probably buy them because fintechs are eating the bank's lunch and they're getting sick of it, and it's happening uh, day in and day out. So uh, the, from last week, uh, 1858 close. Big volume, and then I added, yes, that has happened. So we went from 1641. We tacked on three bucks in a week, and uh, I'm pretty good at reading charts, folks. And so I think SoFi is a, is a buy here. Look at that volume; that's picking up. Uh, there's some short interest. There's about four percent of the of the stock is is short. 33 million shares. You're not going to get a squeeze, for, you know, for for my Wall Street bets friends. But uh, so the shorts are not huge, but they're going to be helpful. And uh, my main take out of all this is uh, I encourage you to and uh, Jack and everybody to let the markets point you to opportunity rather than news. News uh, happens after the stock price moves. Okay, the 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 way to get out of FedEx was to listen to the market, sell at those two points that I mentioned, and then oh by the way, the earnings report co- comes up. And all of these now obvious problems get manifest in a stock price down 16%. So uh, 
So, um, you know, stay tuned and, and please fire more of your individual stocks and ETFs to me because I think this is, this is fun and, and I, I think I'm showing that I know how to do this. Square's another one uh, that uh, another subscriber mentioned. I bring it up. This is last week's chart again. Uh, we closed below the tune today uh, uh, on big volume. See the arrows that I have here. It's a great, and I said this last week, it's a great company with a great PE of 144. So uh, it is now an obvious darling in the fintech world. What do they need to do in order to uh, delight people and, and show upside surprises of the top line and the bottom line that make the stock move up? I don't know what the answer to that is. I, I think it's unlikely, and this chart is telling me that it's unlikely. This week, we're stalled out at the same point, 249 on low volume, and, and watch for the 50-day cutting down through the 200. Hasn't happened yet, but it looks it looks imminent. Uh, and then the 200-day turning down, and then you can you can get out of this huge winner. It's a, you know, been a great stock for a long, long time, but it looks to me like it is rolling over. And, and stay tuned to this space. So my take is, and again, I said this last week, if you have a dividend discount model you would bet your life on, this is a different story. I'm obviously very skeptical of that, that you can project out or anyone can project a high multiple company like this the next five to 10 years of top line and, and the bottom line cash flows, discount them back and say 249 is cheap, it ought to be 349. I think that is highly unlikely. So, um, you know, the cell discipline works, it kicks in, and uh, if it hits new highs, so be it. But I think that is, uh, uh, is, is very unlikely given what I see right now. Um, and this is just a great example for, for Bakes Takes Plus. You either text me or email me or come in however you want, tweet, and, and fire away your stocks, your ETFs, which are obviously what you're going to care about the most. I'm going to show you what I'm doing, but I'll also help you with buy and sell points so you can can, can lock in gains and avoid losses. So tell me what else you'd like. Uh, next was Coinbase, which we've talked about in the past. Subscribers have brought in, and I, 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 as, as promised, I throw them into my system. I stare at them, uh, you know, uh, uh, once a day. It doesn't take all that long, but I, you know, I'm, I've got an eye for this. So uh, here's Coinbase. I drew this line at, at 280.61, and uh, watch out for this. The the volume is picking up. You can see that in the arrows here. You have a gap up, and uh, we're at 273.43. If we take out 280.61 on a close, particularly on big volume. Uh, you don't have a lot of resistance above you, and I think that uh, we could go north here. Uh, obviously, all the cryptos are, are are picking up nicely. The talk of an ETF coming on Monday uh, might be a buy the rumor, sell the news kind of an event. It seems like there's a little too much uh, of fever for this. I don't understand why it's that big of a deal, given that you had grayscale products where you could participate in these. And oh, by the way, they're going to be Bitcoin futures ETFs, not Bitcoin itself. A little bit of a subtlety. But to those who are interested in Coinbase and still are, uh, we're, we're nearing a buy point at 280.61, and I wanted to be responsive and fulfill my, my promises to you. Uh, Charlie, Virgin Galactic, and this is the same kind of thing. You asked about space, SPCE, the, the entire industry, but Virgin Galactic in particular, uh, Richard Branson's uh, uh, space tourism uh, company, 
Um, and I again, I, I just uh, copied and pasted last week's chart, and I said space tourism is not where you want to be. And Shamath has sold a lot of stock, and he doesn't do that unless he, you know, he thinks the stock's not going to go up a lot. Uh, look at the volume; it just is, is it's a it's a negative chart here. And then here we go a week later. A week later. I mean, not three weeks, not three months. A week later, and we're down 14%. Uh, 2323 down to 2029. Look at that gap down. Look at the volume blowing up on the on the uh, on the on the downside. Uh, and then here's the headline from CNBC: Virgin Galactic stock plunges after company delays spaceflight test tests to 2022. Well, it's October 2021. So you basically have a year of nothing going on with this name except them burning cash. I don't see why this goes up. I just don't. And and I didn't have this headline in my back pocket when I when I referenced the chart, but I said what I said and I'm I'm glad that that, that you stayed out of this uh out of this name and out, out of this this uh this this news. And that's why I go technicals first, because if you wait for the news, it's too late. You can't sell. Technicals give you a chance to to at least, uh, you know, take some action and, and play some defense at a minimum, uh, which gets me to the broader market. The S&P 500 looks tired to me. And this is, again, chart from last week. Uh, it's a gap down. We closed below the 50-day. We picked up a little bit, especially on Friday. The volume is nothing to be uh, uh, dazzled by, in my opinion. It isn't uh, uh, dire, but it just it feels tired to me. It looks tired to me. We're in the middle of earnings season. The bank's already reported. And it's just a warning sign for now. But I, I just uh, the overall market feels like it, it just has to... Uh, uh, consolidate at a minimum and maybe even drift lower and um, and then I go into the components so I say okay you know that's the 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 uh, the generals and the soldiers what are the generals doing by that I mean the top five stocks in the S&P 500 Apple it looks okay and that's all I can say it looks okay uh, I think that that uh, it's a pretty lofty multiple for very little growth you got bad news coming up for the chip shortage and for the new phone sales. And listen, it's a phenomenal company. I just don't think it's a very compelling stock. And so I say it's uh, roughly 7% of the S&P, and it's only okay. Microsoft, the transformation under Nutella, the new CEO, is incredible. But everybody and his brother knows it, and I think it looks okay. It looks like it's trying to get to new highs, but on very feeble volume. You know, everybody who's a, who's an indexer or a closet indexer already owns Microsoft. Where do you find the incremental buyer? Where do you find the incremental catalyst for upside? I doubt there's much of anything here. And again, it looks okay. Amazon is going to be caught up in all these logistic problems for Christmas that we talked about. And, and you know, energy, labor shortages, uh, uh, goods being scarce. And they're probably the best prepared on the planet to handle it. But it's still going to be a problem, in in uh, uh, in my view. And if you lose Christmas sales, do you pick them up in January, February? Not all of them. It just doesn't make any sense, right? So uh, Amazon looks okay, but only okay. Uh, Facebook does not look okay. And and obviously, if you follow sixty minutes and congressional hearings, which are painful to watch, oh my god. Uh, but Facebook, 
uh, is a PR disaster. It's a dumpster fire. And, uh, uh, but it's still respecting the 200 day moving average. So it's a company and a leadership that is under severe fire. Uh, but advertisers say it's the only game in town. So they'll hold their nose and keep advertising there. But, uh, does the multiple go up? Probably not. Do you have a lot of upside to, to revenues and earnings on the margin? You're probably going to lose some people that say, listen, you know, as soon as you start burying uh, studies about about causing suicidal thoughts in young girls, I'm out. And and that's got to be happening at the margin a little bit. Uh, watch the 200-day moving average. We're not that far from that. We kissed it. Uh, but again, that looks tired to me. And Google looks okay, but only okay. So my take is that's 20% of the S&P 500 I just described, and it looks okay, but only okay. And uh, it seems tired. Do companies get a pass on earnings misses due to all these things we mentioned, logistics, labor, etc.? Perhaps, but it doesn't seem transitory to me. So uh, I think that, that expecting big gains in stocks is probably unlikely. And, uh, and that's borne out by my next segment, which is my themes and groups. And when I go through all the work that I do, and end up, uh, you know, 35% in cash, 20% short, uh, 10% in SPACs, and 10% in, in uh, emerging markets, particularly China, and, and long commodities, mainly uranium. Uh, that That's the market speaking to me that this is where things are going on. And I note my chart from uh, last week, uh, uranium, it did exactly what I wanted it to do. Uh, you know, 71 to 75 was support. We respected that. It was 80 at the time. We now bounced up to 90. Uh, we challenged the all-time high the other day. And uh, I think it's building the next launch pad. The volume is picking up nicely. The relative strength is fantastic. And so, as I've said over and over again, cut your losses and let your winners run, particularly this winner, URNM Uranium. And my take is I'll alert you to the next URNM. I'm, I'm, I, I go through these every single day, uh, what my monthly work shows, and I haven't pulled the trigger on anything yet. I'll alert you in the, in the text if you want me to. Uh, but right now, I, I like where we are. Uh, we're up for the year. Uranium is killing it. And uh, I think we have a lot of room to go there. My Gray Swan segment I just uh, don't have any specifics from this, but the uh, the number of podcasts that I listened to this week where China became a lighter shade of gray swan, uh, where it went from page 19 in The Guardian and The Economist to page one of The Wall Street Journal, and now is openly being talked about, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the, the sorties flying over Taiwan and the very uh, overt threats that they're making there and testing, frankly, Biden's and America's resolve to, to, to defend Taiwan. Uh, Evergrande and, and all the real estate uh, uh, implosions that are occurring, I, I have to believe that it has to play itself out, uh, uh, you know, given how important property is to, to China. And so the list keeps growing of, of, of ways China can be a negative uh, effect on the market. So uh, stay tuned. I'm going to go through more podcasts. And and so this week, I wanted to really be responsive to Jack 
and and the other uh, individual stocks that people have expressed interest in the past. Next week, I'll go through all the podcasts, the reporters, the charts, etc. But, uh, you know, I love my son, so I wanted to take care of him first. So that's the show, folks. Please also subscribe to my Bakes Takes YouTube channel. The audio is the same, but the charts that I reference are on the screen. Follow us on Twitter at Bakes Takes underscore and other social media. Please, please use your voice memo app. Tape your questions and email to bakes at bakestakespodcast.com or write if you'd prefer. I'll keep you anonymous if you'd like. Thank you for listening. Mike Wilson is my producer. Have a great week. And uh, for much needed levity, this is uh, Ron White. This is 10 years old. It blows my mind. But it's one of his best bits. Uh, I got thrown out of a bar in New York City. And uh, it is very, very funny. Mainly clean, and but funny. And so I'll see you next week. Take care. Thanks so much. Bye now. Bye.